made it to week 16. At least uh, the podcast has. Hopefully your team has as well. Welcome in to the week 16 Fantastics Fantasy Primary. I'm Dan Klaskins. He's James Adams. We're wrapping up the regular season in the NFL, and it's playoff time in fantasy leagues across America. Hopefully you survived a crazy and wild week 15, and now we're here to get you ready for semifinal weekend in many leagues. And uh, James, uh, I mean, goodness, I'm, I'm trying to finish up my holiday shopping, but all these football games on every day is, is, is making it a little tough here. But I'll tell you this, man. We have got a great holiday slate ahead. I'm really looking forward to talking about it here on the podcast today. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I understand exactly what you mean, Dan. I can't get started with my holiday shopping yet because of all these football games and all the uh, waiver wire activity and lineup setting and crunching as well. So maybe while you're having trouble finishing, um, uh, I went out and looked once. I haven't bought a single thing. Yeah, yet, well, the problem is, yeah. <laughs> The problem is, is I, I buy things that are just mostly for myself, but I've done pretty good and I haven't given away any gifts early this year. So that's a good, that's a good thing, but uh, glad to be back with you here and you can catch James and I Saturdays all season long and uh, over there on Sirius XM fantasy, fantastic insider football podcast, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. You can subscribe to us wherever you listen. And of course, insiderfootball.com. That is the website where we can get all of our tools to help you win this week and every week of the season and won't be long insiderbaseball.com be getting rolling too so as you get ready for your fantasy baseball leagues you can check us out there as well and james uh didn't get to do the show last weekend was too busy watching our Bengals keep their playoff chances looking pretty strong and what a slate it was on saturday three great games and obviously on sunday it was a roller coaster of a ride now we do have to preface this. We are recording this here on Mondays, just shortly before this Eagle Seahawks game. Again, uh, another little schedule quirk with us in our holiday schedules here, but that's all right. Another day to get ready. That's what we like. We're going to talk mostly about what lies ahead anyway. But uh, before we get there, my friend, let's do as we always do. Look back with some good and bad surprises. We'll start with you and a couple of your good ones. Well, look, I mean, uh, it's been so long ago now with the extended uh, games on Saturday, but we got to start with the Raiders. Do that. I mean, they went from zero points to 63 points. It was something uh, Skeeter and I certainly talked about on the programs this past Saturday, uh, but we couldn't go in a week 15 after look without saying the team that went from zero points to 63 points. That was the biggest surprise of the week. It just happened to be on Thursday night. Yeah. I mean, that was a crazy game. And of course, didn't take. I, I actually thought they were going to fire Brandon Staley at halftime. I, I put a <laughs> post out there on X. I was like, uh, if he comes back, if he doesn't come back after halftime, I wouldn't be surprised. It was brutal, and I don't even want to get into my betting woe on the game because <laughs> the week earlier I had the over on the Vikings and uh, the Raiders, which was the three nothing game. Almost became the first zero zero game in, in, since the merger. And then this week I had the under, which was toast basically by the end of the first quarter. So I can't figure out this Raiders team for nothing, but Aiden Mm -hmm. O'Connell QB three on the week. That's certainly good. And James, I would just say, I mean, you want to talk about good surprises, five quarterbacks inside the top 10. I was digging on the waiver wire, looking for somebody in my 16 team DAV ballers. And I had Will Levis. I missed out on Joe Flacco, but Aiden O'Connell QB three. And this is going into Monday night. Obviously uh, we still have, uh, those quarterbacks, but Aiden O'Connell, QB3, Easton Stick on the other side of that matchup, QB6, our, our beloved Jake Browning, QB7, Nick Mullins on the other side of that matchup, QB8, uh, and and then you could even throw in Gardner Minshew if you want our backup in there, QB10. So 
it's just been one of those seasons here. But I'm with you there on the good surprises. I'm going to take it over to the running back side of the house. And, dude, I mean, James Cook, he's been volume, decent play. But what he did against the uh, Cowboys, really, Buffalo is in general. I mean, I thought it was a coin flip of the game, frankly. I mean, I teased the Cowboys to plus nine and was feeling pretty good about it. But, dude, they got their butts whooped. And James Cook, 179 yards and a touchdown on five carries, added another touchdown and a couple catches for 42 yards. I mean, if you had him on your team, you were pretty much winning the game. He was the good surprise of the week finishing his RB, too. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, he was absolutely uh, one of those just massive surprises. I mean, Josh Allen hardly had to do anything for the Cowboys to win. Or I'm sorry, the, the Bills to beat the Cowboys, excuse me, in dominating fashion. It was all James Cook. That was very impressive. Uh, Dan, I mean, one good look, you were there. I, I don't want to even get too involved in it because T Higgins didn't have a great day other than he had two touchdowns, but that catch, uh, I don't know if it's fair to call it a surprise. It may be one of the better catches you're ever going to see in your life. Uh, it might be the mental aptitude to get in position to score the touchdown along with the physical prowess to make the catch and play. Um, I don't know if surprise, I was shocked, stunned, surprise doesn't even do it justice, but we got to throw that one in there. Yeah, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, another guy that, uh, I mean, pretty much written off for dead. And I don't know who had him in a starting lineup. Maybe if you were desperate. But, dude, it wasn't huge numbers. He only carried the ball 13 times in 37 yards. But, man, four for 64 through the air and a a receiving touchdown. Him him putting up a receiving stat line the week after Jarek McKinnon gets a rushing touchdown. It's like, good luck figuring this out. Looks like Pacheco has a good chance at return in week 16. So, I don't know how much it will matter moving forward anyway, but uh, there, and you know, why we're out talking about dudes from Saturday. I mean, Ty Chandler, dude, he looked the part against mm-hmm. the Bengals there, 132 sure and 23 yards. And as long as Alexander Madison's out, I mean, he's going to be a volume based guy. I mean, the fact he got 20 or tw- 26 touches in that game, uh, that tells you all you need to know about what his role could be in that offense, especially without a Madison in it. At receiver, though, James, lots of big games, lots of them. I, Jordan Addison in the game uh, we were referencing right now, wide receiver one, mm-hmm. uh, at least in uh, non, uh, I should say, non PPR leagues. And really, but Ter- J- Jalen Waddle, once Tyreek Hill went out, I can't tell you how many questions this week I took on two attack of a low, and especially on Sunday morning, once it looked like he wasn't, uh, Tyreek wasn't going to play. And it's like, dude, I mean, Tua. It wasn't the greatest of days for sure, but I mean the fact that Waddle still had this huge game, I, I definitely think that uh, you know he benefited from it. Nine targets, oh, eight catches, one hundred forty-two yards, and a touchdown. Uh, huge game for him. Huge game for Terry McLaurin and Chris Godwin. And it's funny we talk about T Higgins. I mean, we talk about Wig, uh, Waddle and Higgins all the time of guys that were these wide receiver twos on their team who are trying to treat as wide receiver ones. Well, at least for Week Fifteen, it both came true. Yeah, Godwin, to that point, the two on his team was a one as well. And you could say Baker, his performance belongs in that uh, in that big surprise in a good way. And as you talk about Waddle, you got to point out, too, man, he he like he was hurt grabbing at his chest. Uh, you know, I don't know if he hurt his back, knocked the wind out of himself, what it was. Uh, but he actually came out of that game and hit the blue tent early. And I was really uh, nervous. So those huge numbers in a playoff matchup for me were an even bigger surprise because I was terrified I was going to lose him. All right, from the good to the bad, and uh, definitely some names to add to this list. And let's start with the Thursday night game again. I mean, Austin freaking Eckler, 
Yeah. I did go under on his uh, rushing plus receiving prop, which was the only part of my same game parlay that actually hit, unfortunately. But, uh, I mean, dude, Eckler has been probably the biggest. I know there's a little bit of an injury involvement here, but he's still a bust, dude. He's played a lot of games. Mm-hmm. I don't and, disagree. Uh, so, you know, chances are most of his fantasy managers are no longer alive in their playoffs. Uh, somehow or another, I have an Eckler Dak team that is alive because of the opponent's poor play this week. But it also had Waddle, it had a Mike Evans, it had a Sam Laporta. Uh, but somehow, I have a Dak yeah. Eckler team that is advancing. Javante Williams, another one, bad surprise. And I mean, it was a lot of it was game flow, dude. They were getting their butts kicked pretty early. So, but even when they weren't, he couldn't get much done on the ground. That offensive line got shredded by the the. Detroit there to 12 for mm-hmm. 27. So hopefully some better things ahead, but that was not a performance that helped. Hey, let's just add three more running backs to the list because my bad performances outside of Dak Prescott that I've already given you enough of was a list of running backs that have been okay this year. Uh, it, it certainly could be on playoff teams. Saquon Barkley, Brees Hall, two guys that gave you almost nothing. Derrick Henry, another guy who gave you almost nothing. Three I don't know if you would have had them all as RB1s going into this week. Certainly, at, at least RB2s, they were in anybody's lineup, and all three laid eggs. Talk about that. Let's talk about some wide receivers that failed to finish as a top 50 wide out here in Week 15, and the one that burned me in a league, Brandon Iuk, three for 37. Where did his love go? That was uh, definitely disappointing, especially considering the opponent and the matchup there. Uh, Drake London, I get it was pouring. Dude, he didn't even have any catches to the fourth quarter. He ended up with two for 24. He was in a lot of lineups, and I totally swung and missed. Part of the reason I went with Will Levis in that other matchup. On the DeAndre Hopkins revenge game, he turned nine targets into two catches for 21 yards. Hopkins topped the list for me when it came to the receiver position. And, uh, um, I just, I was, so I was looking at it. I, I considered maybe Bijan. I know people were upset about that. You mentioned Drake London. And I thought, you know what? I'm no longer poorly surprised by anything that happens to the Falcons offense. It's just the way that team has been this year. And until something changes, I don't know if that's quarterback or it's coach. Something's got to change or I'll, I'll consistently not be surprised when Pitts and London let us down. All right. Let's go from all the good and bad surprises to the injury report. And unfortunately, every single week, we're getting more and more of these key fantasy players that pop up on it. Let's start with some of the guys that went down in the Saturday games. And Jamar Chase, the AC joint separation here, James. This is a, a situation that he has had further testing. They're actually calling it day to day. Not sure he's 100%, but, you know, it's looking a lot more optimistic than it looked like. Certainly a concern here, but not the death sentence that fantasy managers might have thought it was. So we'll keep our eyes on him. They're matched up against the Steelers. They're depleted in the secondary. So Tavin Chase would be a big thing. We'll talk a little bit more about Pittsburgh in a minute. But uh, it is interesting to see you know, with Chase, if he is out, I mean, does that totally take Higgins to where you don't like him or like him more? I mean, how does that impact if he were to miss time, how you look at these rest of these Bengals wideouts, at least here in week, week 16? Well, I mean, I've since, since last year, at least, Dan, I've said that if you have one of those two Bengals receivers and you can get Tyler Boyd at the right price later in your draft, you should hold on to him and make him your handcuff. Uh, that way, if Chase or Higgins misses time, Boyd really becomes a wide receiver three. 
I think Boyd is a wide receiver three coming in this week, even with, you know, no buys anymore. I think Higgins is a borderline wide receiver one. I don't know if I'll put him all the way up there. Here's the deal. Browning had a terrible game against Pittsburgh his first go around, but that was his first start. He's looked really good in the last three and gained some confidence. This is in Pittsburgh, a tough place to play, but not against a very good team. Yeah, so I do think Browning this, plays better, and I think Higgins is a well, player you, and the you thing got is, in. is listening to interview uh, after their second game in the Jacksonville game. They're like, you know, they, they what the play calling in that Pittsburgh game, that first start, they they called the plays, but they after that game, you know, Browning basically said, hey, I, I didn't like this, this, and this, and they've adjusted, and it's certainly made sense. Yeah. Pittsburgh, I mentioned they're going to be without some players. They know We know they've already ruled out Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh so he's out with an injury. And then today, Demonte Kazee suspended for the remainder of the season for his hit on Michael Pittman, who we'll get to these Colts injuries in, in just a moment. But so I don't know. Right now I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. Chase is out there. And if he's out there, even at less than 100%, he'll be hard to sit in season-long lineups, frankly. I mean, yes. you would have totally to be, agree. You would have to be stacked. So yeah. On the cold side, I mentioned the Pittman concussion. That was a brutal hit and a brutal blow. I know it was a brutal blow for you and your KFFC main event push there as well. But, dude, I mean, he was on his way to a huge night. That's what the bigger blow is. Hopefully, he can get out of concussion protocol. The one-week turnaround, not very good. So, it is stacked against him a little bit here. And then Zach Moss, he's dealing with an arm issue. Meanwhile, the Colts in a three-way tie now for the AFC South. They've got a matchup we'll break down in a bit on tap here versus Atlanta where, I mean, dude, I think they could have some success there. So a lot of key injuries to watch there in Indy. But, dude, missing Pittman would be a big blow right now in Week 16. It would. I mean, he's just become a target hog. Like, he is he is kind of the next Keenan Allen, if you will. Not always getting a lot of touchdowns, but double-digit targets is almost a guarantee, especially when Minshew became quarterback, right? And there was no more, uh, no more running quarterback there. So... Yeah, I, don't, I, I would say I'd be stunned if we see him clear concussion protocol simply because it's just not been the way it's gone. Now, his injury happened on Saturday. We'll see if that extra day matters. Marquise Brown uh, did not get registered uh, much. A big goose egg with a heel injury here. Jaden Reed also sustained a toe injury. We'll keep our eyes on both of those wideouts. Zach Wilson, he is in concussion protocol. They've said if he indeed get clears protocol, he will start. Otherwise, it's Trevor Simeon. It won't be Aaron Rodgers, James, with them eliminated. Surprise, surprise, he's not coming back. Yeah, nor should he. Uh, um, you know, I mean, anybody who was really expecting to see him play this year, I think. I, I get the fact that he is cleared now. So I, I was never expecting him to play. Honestly, I'd love to see if the Jets were still in contention, what would happen. Yeah. It would have been interesting, but they're not, so it's not worth talking about. Uh, Hunter right. Henry, two touchdowns again, but now he has a knee injury. That's not very good. And Will Levis uh, looked like a leg, but they're actually calling it an ankle. He's going under an MRI. Looked pretty brutal. Don't think it really matters for him. Uh, and then last, uh, the Sunday night game, James, we had a pair of uh, a trio of injuries that occurred. Mm. Trevor Lawrence in the concussion protocol. Zay Jones, another injury, a hamstring this time, and a brutal non-contact ACL injury out for the season and not a good thing for Keaton Mitchell who yeah I know fantasy people were really excited about him and he had his moments but this is a real big blow in my opinion for this Ravens offense and it is just unfortunate for that Ravens team there I mean you think about Dobbins being banged up two of the last three years and it had trouble even getting back last year the Gus Edwards injury from a couple years ago like it's crazy how seemingly disproportionately high the injuries happen to these Ravens running backs. 
I know. I know. I hate, I mean, dude, I just hate every week seeing these good players go down. But it is football. It's a brutal game. It's the game we love. Yeah. Let's hit the waiver wire, James. We'll start at the running back position here. Obviously, we're at the point of the season where there's very few teams alive, first of all, so not as much competition out there. We're looking at it on one-week windows alone. I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at probably ownership percentages. A, a couple of the names that catch my eyes are based off some of the injuries we just talked about. And uh, we'll, we'll start there with Zamir White. Maybe mm-hmm. he wasn't picked up last week. I mean, what's Josh Jacobs coming back for here? Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Let's assume Jacobs is out. Is Zamir White a guy that in the next week's matchup, with which uh, we'll break down here in a bit, they're at Kansas City. I mean, are you going back to Zamir White if necessary here as an RB2? I mean, because yeah. you know, if you're picking somebody up on the waiver wire now, it's to get them in your lineup pretty much or to block something or yeah. handcuff or something. I think what we saw is that he is the handcuff to Josh Jacobs. And I don't know that I knew that uh, because we hadn't seen a whole lot from him, period. And uh, Amir Abdullah was getting those couple of touches. Well, Amir Abdullah, his role grew a little bit, but Zamir White took over most of that Josh Jacobs role. So if you're looking for volume and you are at this point, uh, yeah, he's probably the top. Maybe he's not the top running back you're going after. He probably is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some other names out there. I mean, probably shallower leagues. You could have a chance at some of these Kansas City running backs, Edward Tiller, McKinnon. But the problem is, is Pacheco's probably coming back. So these are not league-winning moves, in my opinion. Ty J. Spears, uh, Derrick Henry looks like he's toast. So, Maybe he gets an increased role, and but you know, again, if you're playing for a title right now, not a guy you're going to roll with. I'm intrigued by Trey Sermon. If yeah, buddy, Zach Moss is out, and then that's probably a name that uh, you're looking at the matchups here. If you don't like Zamir White, you can maybe look at him in a game against Atlanta, in which I I do think it could be a little bit of scoring going on. So look, Trey Sermon is the answer if it's not Zamir White from. Anything other than, look, Justice Hill, I guess, could be considered as well with Keaton Mitchell now gone again. Uh, well, but that, Trey was the Sermon, only other, that was the only other name I had on my running back list yeah. to throw out there, Justice Hill. But Trey Sermon is probably the top guy because you've got a good – assuming he – you know, assuming we get – you know, Moss isn't going to play. He's behind what I, I believe is the best offensive line. Uh, now, look, Baltimore's line is good, but there's Gus Edwards in the way. So Sermon would get that volume. And yeah, Atlanta's not a great matchup. They do play low-scoring games, but dude, 17 touches against Pittsburgh last week. 17 carries. I mean, I don't know how you go against that. Amen to that, brother. Uh, anything else at running back? Justice Hill, you no. threw out there. I mean, that's pretty much it. Chase Brown. Dude, Chase Brown's looking exciting, but unless Mixon goes down, I mean, you know, he's more of a DFS darter in a, in a showdown lineup or something. But but he's a good name because, look, if you have Mixon and Brown's out there, get him. Uh, well, well, you, you should know, have already done that. Exactly, and you should do that with all, any of your running backs is really the point here at this point is the most important thing is covering your own backside at this point. All right, let's talk wide receivers because this is a more fluid position. And, you know, if we're looking in shallower leagues, guys closer to that you know, in that 40 to 50% ownership ranges, you're looking at names like Noah Brown, Tyler Boyd, Curtis Samuel, all with reasons to like of the three in week 16. How, or how would you rank these three? Uh, if they're out there, gosh, I mean, Noah Brown, I guess I would have number one. I'm a hope that we get CJ Stroud, a quarterback back and Stroud still in concussion protocol here as of Monday, which is a bit concerning. We don't know either 
about my dude Nico Collins, but uh, he didn't practice at all last week with the calf strain. A lot of uncertainties here, but Houston, I do like the matchup versus Cleveland with Stroud, but I don't like it without him. Yeah, and, and that's exactly right. Um, you know, Curtis Samuel, uh, look, even though the Jets got torched, I don't know that I'm going to throw Curtis Samuel out there against the Jets defense in this week, so he'd be the last I Actually, the I mean, if we're talking no Stroud, I like that matchup with uh, Sam Howe likely returning as the starter per Ron Rivera. I like, I mean, not that I love it, dude, but the Jets, I don't know. I mean, with the officially eliminated now, getting rolled like they did, I mean, this could be a situation where this team isn't quite as fantastic on D as they look of because they're just not playing for a lot. I can understand that. Uh, I just look at the Miami offense, and if it wasn't Waddle, no one else did anything. I mean, to so. be clear, Noah Brown's more exciting, but if I knew C.J. Stroud before I go to my waivers this week was cleared concussion protocol, it wouldn't even be a debate. And that's but a tough defense, for, too, really, that they're playing. Well, no. I mean, it's not a great matchup. And the other name on the list that we're talking about here, uh, which was uh, Tyler Boyd. With no Jamar Chase, maybe Tyler but, Boyd becomes but the top Jamar guy. Chase is – I mean, we're not going to know a lot of these things maybe by the time waivers go to points. You're just going to roll the dice. Going a little bit deeper down, though. I mean, some other names. Josh Palmer. I know they don't have – Phil Rivers, or uh, Phil Rivers, goodness, Justin Herbert. <laughs> they don't have Phil Rivers either. I know they don't have Justin Herbert, but Josh Palmer uh, did have a big stat line there. So, and what the Chargers have is, you know, game flow on their side because the Bills are going to be rolling them, right? I mean, uh, so my point if, if Keenan Allen's out and, and you're going to be down the whole game, I mean, Josh Palmer actually becomes Mr. Garbage Man potentially. I don't disagree at all. I certainly think that he, I mean, I still can't turn to Quentin Johnson, even if he did score a touchdown in that uh, blowout garbage time. So I'm with you there. Uh, the only other receivers that I would throw out there, I mean, Demarcus Robinson, three weeks in a row, he's had double-digit points. Yeah, certainly but Tutu Atwell is already uh, clearing concussion protocol and going to play on Thursday. So his arrival back could dip into that a bit. Yes, I would say he's, he's a real desperation play. The other desperation play uh, Dontavian Wicks, he's a player who's been around and gotten it done at last, uh, oh. you know, he, he got hurt, uh, two weeks ago, which hurt me because his replacement scored a touchdown. Parker but. Washington, there's a deep sleeper because mm -hmm. Zay Jones is out, assuming they have Trevor Lawrence and Jamison Williams. Uh, he did have a nice game, 17% rostered at Yahoo. But, uh, I mean, dude, if you're rolling him in week 16, you got bigger nads than me. all I got to say. Uh, I'll, I'll agree with you there. All right, tight ends and quarterbacks. Let's start with quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, there's really nothing new out there, so it really comes down to ranking some of the backups and the different things. I mean, De Derek Carr, Gardner Minshew, Jake Browning, these are guys uh, that are out there uh, in about 30 to 40% ownership leagues. You get a little bit further down to your Flacco's of the world. But QB streamers this week, based off matchups and everything else, who are a couple that you like that might be out there? I mean, I guess you have to say Browning at this point. That's three weeks in a row he's looked good, and Pittsburgh's defense isn't that good. So I, I, without being a homer, the reality is something I was saying about Browning before last week is this offense was catered to Joe Burrow, meaning they went out and built up an offensive line, great weapons around him. Really, anyone should be able to succeed in this offense. So I think the answer is Browning. Maybe it's Nick Mullins. I think uh, with Detroit, it's going to be in the Dome. The total's at 47. They've already named him the starter again. It is in Minnesota. Uh, currently only owned in 5% of the leagues. This guy's out there even in super flex right now. So uh, I could see him throwing for a couple more touchdowns. I, you know, With the weapons he has, it doesn't take a lot. As deep as it gets, Joe Flacco has to be considered too. Yeah, I, I would actually prefer 
Mullins over Flacco. I can get with that. Uh, the Houston's weapons are better. Defense has been pretty good, and it is a road game. These Houston fans are going to be rowdy uh, as they try to secure a playoff berth. So I, oh, I agree. I like Mullins better, especially with those that uh, trio of receivers. Yeah, because right now all I'm looking at is Week 16, really. Yes, especially at, at these positions and at tight end. I mean, it stinks. Hunter Henry's dealing with a knee issue because he would have been the top guy. I know a lot of people are talking about Tucker Craft as well. Maybe Darren Waller wasn't scooped up. He would become my top pick of the bunch. But outside of that, James, uh, you know, I mean, there's really not a lot to talk about. I mean, Michael Mayer had a nice game, uh, but I don't scored a million points. I don't know if the Raiders are going to do that again. Would you take Michael Mayer or Tucker Craft for your uh, wide, excuse me, tight end dart throw here in this week? Tanner Hudson. Tanner Hudson. I know you were. I know that wasn't a choice you gave me, but you just can't deny the volume. It continues to happen. Yeah. So, look, he scored one touchdown. Like, I guess the answer is I would take Michael Mayer uh, because he's a big threat in the red zone. He scored twice now, and he's a rookie getting going. But Tanner Hudson, you can't deny his, his role in this offense, man. Yeah. Defensive streamers. I already stacked last week using one of my bench spots, the Broncos, because I know they're hosting the Patriots who I figured to be without Ramondre when I did that move, and that looks to be accurate. Who else you got on your list of potential streamer options for semifinal weekend? Uh, if you can get your hands on the Packers, you'd certainly take a look at them. If you can get your – I doubt the Colts are available at this point. Uh, that'd be a team I'd like to have my eyes on. Either side of Washington, New York, honestly, I don't think there's going to be any points in either one of those. All of those are streamers, though. Certainly uh, the Colts not really a streamer. Yeah, the Jets aren't really streamers either. They're usually that's fair. The Jets aren't, aren't, even though they got me negative points last. I mean, week. I love Denver. I think they're out there in a lot of leagues. The only teams I have ranked ahead of them is the Bills and the Jets, and I, I mean, I don't expect them to be available much. So, I, I do think, think the call. Bengals are a team that's out there in a lot of leagues. If you're, you know, don't really like Mason Rudolph as the quarterback, uh, you can pick on that. But you know, that's a little risky. Uh, Green Bay at Carolina. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Carolina won somehow last week, but I still they think they won with nine points. And, you know, it's going to be real interesting here. But uh, the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs are a top 10 defense. They've had a pretty solid D. The Raiders, it's going to be a little different this week than it was last time on Thursday Night Football. I agree with you wholeheartedly there. Let's get to uh, the previews. We'll take our first glance here at a fun filled week 16. I love this slate, how it's broken up perfectly around the holidays, and it kicks off with a pretty meaningful game in the NFC playoff picture. Thursday night, it's the Rams hosting the Saints. The Rams up to a four-point favorite at last check, 44.5 the total in this one. And James, I mean, this Saints team, uh, they have struggled for consistency. Derek Carr has looked terrible. Kamara's been pretty solid for the most part. Um, do you think I mean, this Rams defense has been a lot better than I thought it was. And, you know, I'm looking at, you know, just them on the season. You're talking about a team allowing the third fewest fantasy points to running backs through 14 games here. And, uh, you know, just six touchdowns total to the position. I was looking at the game logs a little earlier. They haven't only allowed two running or it looks like three running backs to get to 70 yards. And the last one to do it against them was in week five, DeAndre Swift. So, I mean, this is a game where if I'm an Alvin Kamara owner. I'm not feeling really great about it. And I, I just don't know how the Saints go in there. I mean, they need a lave healthy. That's going to be a big key. But mm-hmm. 
there's a reason the Rams have moved up to a four-point favorite. They're playing good football here. Talk me into something you could like from a fantasy perspective for the Saints. Well, it's easy. It's Alvin Kamara, and it's in PPR, and it's dump-off after dump-off after dump-off, and uh, you don't necessarily need yardage to score points, but it's PPR, and that's that's how I'm going to talk you into like an Alvin Kamara, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, if Olave's back, I mean, where would he fall in your rankings, and what range of spot at wide receiver? If he's a wide receiver, too, he's certainly the back end at best, right? He's more in that like 20 to 30 kind of range, so two to three. The waiver wire pickup of the year is on the other side, Kyron Williams, and I imagine he is going to be in a lot of semifinal lineups after a big week he had in Week 15. Mm-hmm. Going against the Saints defense, though, um, you know it's been a little different. The road and home splits, I understand, but they're pretty respectable too. I mean, the eighth fewest fantasy points to running backs, and they've been pretty tough uh, up front, particularly. I think they got a good front seven against the run. Now, uh, Williams, he gets volume, and that's what I love. So I think he is a stud of a play. Still, I'm loving him as an RB1, but I do think we may have to temper our expectations a little bit with him. Uh, you know, I've got him in my top 10, but I don't think he's going to be the top three or four with this 30-point week in this matchup either. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I don't think it'll need to be, right? I mean, again, uh, the same. I, I, I'd be surprised. Maybe this game gets to the 44.5 that I'm looking at as a total, but... I wouldn't be surprised to see it stay under. Um, yeah, well, so. it's it's at a mark that I think's about right. I probably wouldn't play it either way. Well, it's Thursday night game, so I'll make a pick on it somehow. <laughs> but I'm liking the Rams more than I am the total in this one. I like Matthew Stafford quite a bit. Uh, I think he has been a beautiful uh, fantasy player to have in your lineup over the last month or so. 2-2, Atwell coming back's not going to hurt. It's only going to help loosen things up. I think Puka and... Cooper Cup are both, you know, solid wide receiver twos with a pretty high floor, especially in PPR leagues. We saw your guy, Tyler Higby. You know, he's starting to get a little bit more involved again. I'm not necessarily ready to endorse him as a starter at this point, but I guess you could do worse at tight end. I will say the Saints tight end, if we could have a situation, that's one spot the Rams have sucked, giving up the fourth most fantasy points to the position. So, I don't know, dude. I think uh, it's going to be interesting. I like the Rams in this matchup. I, I'll, I'll start all of the ones you normally would and feel pretty good about it. So mm-hmm. after the Thursday night game, we have two on Saturday, the 23rd for our liking. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, the game one, followed by Buffalo at L.A. What a game it could have been before that. And the funny part about this is, James, is this is a Peacock-only game. So you have to subscribe and download to peacock to watch it and they thought they would have this great game and now they get a game that's a 14 point spread with a fired coach and a no quarterback so let's talk about cincinnati pittsburgh we as we mentioned there's some injury questions we don't know the answers to but the Bengals here let's just uh from what we know how, how you stack them up against the steelers I mean, we talked about Browning, so I think Browning's one of those guys. Like, I'm not sure if he ends up being a top 12 quarterback this week, but for those looking, there's a lot worse things you could do than play Jake Browning, and it goes back to the weapons he has around him. If Jamar plays, you play him, along with T. Higgins. If not, uh, if Jamar doesn't play, I think you still like Tyler Boyd as an option there. I mentioned Tanner Hudson as waiver wire play. That's, I mean, that's certainly a deeper stab, right? That's a tight end 15 or lower. Joe Mixon's in lineups. Yeah, Mixon's the only one I'm I'm totally in love with. 
uh, as a as a must starter. Obviously, we'll have to see what it is. But I'm with you there. I think on the Pittsburgh side, I can't trust much of anything right now. I mean, the yeah. Bengals have been shredded on the ground, including the Steelers last time around. That's what they have to absolutely do here. But Mason Rudolph at quarterback. I mean, Fryermuth, Pickens, and Deontay Johnson are all really out of consideration for me, unless you you know you're hurting and just really thin. Deontay Johnson, probably the receiver I would trust the most in PPR leagues, but I still don't love it. Jalen Warren, Najee Harris are flex plays at best. They do have an upside. The Steelers can make the plays and and do what they want in this game. Both those guys could step up, but I think you can do better out there. So I'm really not going to avoid it. I do like the under the 39 here in this contest. Buffalo and the Chargers, I mean, dude, you're going to roll out Cook and Allen and Diggs, and that's really about it. Dalton Kincaid, big old goose egg. One of the reasons I'm probably going to lose in my DAV Ballers League. Gabe Davis, I don't think he's had a catch in like two weeks now. He didn't need to last night. Yeah, so, I mean, you feel pretty good about them. This is a game where the Buffalo's kicking their butt. I mean, it could be a huge James Cook day here. Mm -hmm. We might even get a little Latavius Murray. But on the other side of it, James, outside of what we talked about with Josh Palmer and Mr. Garbage time here, I don't know if I can trust anything, and that would include Austin Eckler. I'm going to have Eckler in my lineup more than likely next week, Dan, but I'm going to have a real decision between him, Kamara, and Singletary. I might bench Eckler for the the other two who um, had better weeks last week. So you're right. I don't know that you can't trust a single thing. And look, Easton Stick, I know you you mentioned him as one of the goods, but they were down 42 nothing before Easton Stick put a point on the board. So keep that in mind before you chase those three touchdowns if you're like desperate a quarterback, even at Superflex. I know. I'm with you there. I'm, I may not even watch this game, to be honest, dude. That's how bad of a game it is. Let's get on to the Sunday. We'll be watching. Yeah, I know. Who am I kidding? Well, there might be bowl games on or something else. That's I don't point. know. We'll figure it out. But let's get to the Sunday games. And it's broken up pretty nice because all these other games that we're talking about, you can't have a ton of 1 o'clock games. So there's only five 1 o'clock games and three late afternoon games. So we'll start with Detroit at Minnesota. The first of two meetings these two teams will have over the next three weeks and a big one for the Vikings and their playoff chances. They're minus one point favorite as they opened up. It's now the Lions minus three and a half. The total's at 47. And Jared Goff coming off five touchdowns. But those road home splits are for real. This game is indoors. Minnesota is susceptible to the pass. So I've got Goff outside my top 12, though, even off the big week. I'm not chasing last week's points. I'll start Amon Ross St. Brown. You're starting both running backs. Gibbs definitely has more of a uh, ceiling these days. Uh, And the guy to have in Detroit is Sam Laporta, who might finish the season as tight end one at this rate. So on that side of it, James, the Vikings put up 24 last week in Cincinnati. We don't know about Madison, but we do know Nick Mullins is starting again at quarterback. And he looked pretty good. I mean, I I would start Jared Goff over Nick Mullins, but I don't think that there is a wide gap between them, meaning that I do think Mullins is firmly in the QB2 range, as you pointed out. He's Because he's got great weapons. Addison, you're playing. Because the Lions defense, not as good on the road by a mile. I mean, really, they haven't even been that good after other than last week. Uh, So you're starting Addison, Jefferson, and Hawkinson, who, I mean, you might be getting the top two tight ends in the NFL that are active right now. No disrespect to Travis Kelsey, but these two players are playing great this year. So you roll with them and you roll with Chandler too. Washington is at the Jets, another one o'clock game, New York uh, three-point favorite. The total's 38. And for Washington, they benched Sam Howe late in that game. Jacoby Prissett did come in and give him a spark, but Ron Rivera has already come out. Howe's going to start again, but 
is this the first of a thing a sign on a short leash? I mean, at the Jets, they're on the road against an elite defense. I do think that this defense may be not as inspired as it's played. That's just more of a hunch than anything here. So I'm not going to get too carried away with it. But without Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson's in the flex conversation. He will be here as well, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, so I don't know what Robinson's going to rush back for. So I would expect that. I'm not chasing McLaurin's points. I have him outside my top 30. Curtis Samuel is a wide receiver three or four at best, but I mean, I don't love it. Mm-hmm. And Logan Thomas shouldn't be rostered anymore. I mean, three targets a game just isn't cutting it. So on the Jets side of it, uh, James, I mean, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson is just about it. We don't even know if we're going to have uh, Zach Wilson until he clears the concussion protocol. So I don't know who else you would even turn to, not even Tyler Conklin. You would turn to the under. I mean, you turn to the under in this game. The under. Yes. That's all I'm turning to. Uh, the only thing is, is Washington's so bad on D that, like, I could see a Brees healthy Hall, inspired Hall, Zach Brees Hall. I would not be shocked to see Brees Hall have a couple of like fifty yard touchdown catches. Yeah, that would not be shocking. You're right because Washington's defense, it, not only is it bad, but it's worse than it was when it was bad, and they gave pieces away. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not benching. I mean, I'm not going to get overly carried away. I think Wilson and Hall are sort of quarterback proof as being considered in season long. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, Garrett Wilson is in lineups as well. All right, Green Bay, Carolina. The Panthers get a big win, but they're still four and a half point favorites here. Totals at 36. I mean. Carolina sucks, dude. I mean, I think the only reason they won that game was the weather and Desmond Ritter. I mean, let's face it. Mm-hmm. Maybe, right. maybe Arthur Smith. But here's the thing. Uh, Green Bay's going to roll them. Like, this is a – I'm jump. I, I need to stop the podcast now and go bet on this game before it gets any higher. <laughs> Green Bay is a touchdown or better on the road here easily. I love me some Jordan Love this week. I think he's a sneaky top 12 quarterback in this matchup problem is they don't have anything to run the football now dylan's hurt jones was back he doesn't even look like himself so outside of the passing game i'm not real interested i know we talked about some tight end streamers and all the other crap but at the end of the day it's jordan love and i mean we'll see what the injuries shake out like at receiver and go from there on carolina james chuba hubbard i mean he's a real deal he's he's legit he is that's probably the only piece you're looking to play uh, you hope he gets some catches i don't think miles sanders is even worth the desperation play in like any ppr leagues I assume, though, that Adam Thielen and Mingo in PPR leagues have to be considered as wide receiver fours, maybe with a little bit more upside than that in PPR, but only a little more upside than that. Yeah, a big game in the AFC playoff on one fold in Houston. They're hosting Cleveland. As we mentioned, we as we come to you here, we don't know about C.J. Stroud or Nico Collins. Stroud's still in concussion protocol. We'll see as it goes here. Big surprise last week was Devin Singletary. 58 of the snaps to Damon Pierce's four. Mm-hmm. Uh, had him on a bench that could have used him Singletary, but looks like he's back in play. This is a tough matchup. I mean, it is. And if Houston has C.J. Stroud, then I can start considering Singletary. I can start considering Noah Brown, Nico Collins if he's healthy. Dalton Schultz suddenly gets in the conversation again. But if it's Case Keenum again against this Browns defense, no thanks. None of it will be in my Week 16 lineups. It's just that cl- clear and dry. Cleveland on the other side of it, James. We also game flow will play into it, but how the Flacco and his boys stack up for you here versus the Texans? Uh, I mean, I like Joe Flacco. He's got to be inside the top 20 at quarterback, so you're starting him in Superflex for sure. 
Uh, dude, David Njoku, how you get away from two weeks in a row where Njoku has looked like the player we all wanted him to be, well, outside of not being a Browns fan, but just from the, the physical presence he is, like David Njoku now is that dude. I mean, he's going to be in the top half of tight ends this week in the rankings, even with the Hawkinson Laporta square off. Uh, Amari Cooper, I guess, is still in lineups, right? He's not a high volume guy, but he gets the job done when he gets his looks. So I think Cooper and Joku Flacco all in. The question is, Jerome Ford, are we going to roll with him again? I, I guess you are. It kind of depends on where your RBs stack up. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. It's definitely interesting. Uh, in terms of overall in this game, I mean, again, I'm just hoping C.J. Stroud plays because I want to see this these playoff teams sort of face off here. Me too, uh, yeah. Th- this has a chance to be a great game if, if he can make his way back. Meanwhile, Indianapolis is at Atlanta. We know that the Falcons are short of real and looking for answers right now. Arthur Smith just can't seem to use Bajan Robinson or Kyle Pitts anyway. They're, they haven't committed to a starter for this week. Tyler Algiers getting way too many carries than we should be talked about here. Drake London just coming off a two-tets performance. So, I mean, dude, I don't know. I, I actually like the over 44 in here, but the Colts are a two-point favorite for the reason. I think Atlanta is going to put points on the board, but I'm, it's a real head scratcher to figure out how they're going to do it. Don't trust the Falcons, so you won't catch me playing a – I mean, dude, a Drake London has found his way out of all my lineups since the bye weeks have gone, and I miss the good because I can't stomach the bad with how this offense functions. Yeah, what about the Colts, dude? Uh, you know, again, it goes back to the running back situation. If Sermon is the guy, I think you can play him because he'll get the volume even though this isn't the best of matchups. And, uh, I, I again, it comes down to – Will Pittman clear protocol? I would have guessed not. So then maybe you could turn to Josh Downs for the first time in forever. Yeah, and he burned. Uh, and Alec week. Pierce. But again, in this matchup, I mean, look, Atlanta was just in a 7 9 game. We've seen them play a ton of low scoring games. I don't know that I like the over. I'm opposite of this one on you. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how the injuries shake out. But uh, it's an early indicator, it's not an official pick. Sure. Seattle's at Tennessee. It's another one o'clock game, and a lot of uncertainty here. Is this if we come to you on this one? Seattle obviously still to play as we record the podcast in Week 15. Tennessee, we don't know about Will Levis. What I do know is Derrick Henry looks like he's toast, and if you're counting on him to win you a fantasy league, good luck. Uh, but with that said, and so much uncertainty, we're just going to skip over this one. We'll talk about it a little bit more on the Saturday show. Let's go on to the late afternoon games. We have three of them kicking off at 4:05 Eastern: Tampa Bay and Jacksonville. Jags a two-point favorite. Tampa Bay uh, at home here. The total's at 45. And, dude, you've got me on the Baker Mayf- Mayfield bandwagon all of a sudden. I'm looking at some of my best ball lineups. I'm like, wow, am I doing so good? I was like, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Baker freaking Mayfield. Best ball hero, James. Uh, I'm going to win in the do-good fantasy league. I've got a few 7-7 seven and seven teams that are going to win. Uh, it's a super flex. And Baker has uh, replaced the, the Justin Herbert into my lineup. And, frankly, I love it. So, Dude, I'm telling you what, like Baker was one of my good that we didn't talk about because we had plenty of good that we talked about. But now we talk about this game. Baker Mayfield, is he the starting quarterback for the Bucs next year? Like this dude is definitely a starter somewhere next year, right? I mean, I don't see how Tampa Bay doesn't retain him. I mean, does, yeah. does that keep them from maybe looking at drafting another guy or even with the day two pick or something? No, but I mean, I, I mean, I think he's the short term answer right now. Yeah, especially if Evans and Godwin are back for another run, right? As, That's as what's going to be interesting. Is Evans going to be back? It was Godwin that had the big week last week. Evans is still my dude, though, dude. Yep. I'm sticking Same. him in. He's a wide receiver one until further notice. Agreed. I do like Tampa Bay's offense in this. Godwin, you know, let's not get too carried away last week, but you're encouraged. He's back into wide receiver flex play. Rashad White, James, you know, 
as much as uh, I don't like to pat myself on the back, I'll pat myself on the back on him. I just wish I would have listened to myself a little more because I did. I was in on Rashad White. It was being a volume guy, but I did not think he'd be as good as this. I mean, he's real. He's a, he's a real guy. I'm even excited about a couple fantasy dynasty shares I have of him right now. Yeah, I wasn't in on him, and I swing and miss. And I have him on like one team, which means limited shares for me. Uh, I wish I had more. Uh, I wish I'd have listened to you because you were right about this. In this matchup, I'm rolling all of them is the key point. And Kate Otten in, in deeper leagues, if you're desperate at tight end, I mean, take a swing as well. On the Jacksonville side, Trevor Lawrence in concussion protocol. We don't know what that's going to look like. Zay Jones dealing with the hamstring. That's going to be tough. Let's just assume for the sake of this Jaguar season that Lawrence goes in this game, James. And for the purpose of that, how would you view Jacksonville versus Tampa Bay? With Lawrence, I think it's uh geez, I think I'd probably think Jacksonville wins this game in a tight one. Um, I would think that you would roll ETN no matter who's at quarterback. Uh, you know, same thing with Ridley Ingram, right? You're gonna roll I those mean, guys, but I do think Jacksonville I mean, especially, wins especially with Especially with Zay Jones going out. I mean, Ridley's gotta be yeah. the guy. So uh, I like it there. Man, one of the better games of the weekend, 425 Eastern kickoff, Miami and Dallas. The Cowboys coming off a butt whip and by Buffalo looking like a pretender more than a contender. James, you're the biggest uh, Dak guy coming into the preseason here on the podcast, and uh, I know that that was a bump in the road, but I'm anxious to see how he bounces back here. How do you like him and Dallas on the road here versus Miami? Well, you got to like the total, so you like the plays. And Miami's defense, I get it. They pitched a shutout last week. The New York Jets shut themselves out for what it's worth. So I like everything here. I mean, you're going to go with Pollard. I think you're going to go with points. I think I like over the total. I'm looking at 51 where I'm looking at. I like over that. So Dak's a QB one. CD Lamb's in the is a wide receiver one. Pollard's in. I think the question is, do you turn to any other receivers? Ferguson, I guess, is a tight end one still. Um, I think that's where I'm going with this one. Miami, Tyreek Hill, let's hope he can get back here. Uh, his fantasy managers. I know in our best ball dynasty, I'm going to go out quickly because I didn't have my best player. So it stinks. Miami's looking at a bigger picture though in week 15. That's the reality of it. Yep. And Devon and Shane, I don't think he's healthy yet either, but he's still gutting it out. Mostert is what he is. He's the running back I want there. They're both obviously lineup considerations in this matchup, especially Jalen Waddle's not going to do what he did last week of Tyreek's back, but still again in consideration here. And the real thing is, is can Tua Tagovailoa actually have an elite fantasy performance? Because it's been a while since we've seen one. Not with Raheem Mostert getting 20 touchdowns and most of them on the ground. I know. I know. It's just a, a really interesting. I am looking forward to this game. Christmas oh, yeah. Eve, 425. Uh, the, I'm at the, uh, dude, I've already committed to 6 o'clock Christmas Eve mass. So it, I'm, I got, I'm not going to see that the, DVR. And yeah, then come I'm going to have to like stay like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not very good at that. But Well, don't look at your phone at mass. Well, I won't be doing that, dude. I won't be doing that, but uh, it's going to be a good one. As and, and from a fantasy uh, perspective, I like this Arizona and Chicago matchup as well here, James. 44 and a half. The overs already went up a point. The Bears minus four and a half. Not a lot to play here for, but man, watching Kyler Murray and Justin Fields go head to head, that sounds like some fantasy fun in its own right. Watching Trey McBride and James Conner can do continue to do their thing. Watching like DJ Moore too. looking like the elite wide receiver he is. I mean, those are the guys that you want in this matchup. I'm not going to touch that Chicago backfield in championship oh, week. Sick. And Hollywood is uh, he's got plays way back in any lineups. Prove he can actually finish a game before we get excited about him again. 
the eight fifteen game. I wish I wish that Dallas Miami game was the eight fifteen game, but it's actually New England at Denver. The Broncos a six point favorite, thirty six here. Bailey's happy. He has brought better movement to this offense, but I mean Ezekiel Elliott came back down to earth. Um, I think Denver's going to put it to New England in this one, dude. This is a big game for Denver to stay in the hunt here in the AFC playoff picture. And I think Russell, I mean, it's not going to be a great game. I don't like it on a fantasy perspective. So, I mean, it's going to be ugly, but they'll do enough to win the game. Uh, in terms of Denver, I mean, I'll use Sutton. I'll use Javante as I need him as a back-end RB2. And Russell Wilson and Superflex, or if you're desperate at quarterback. But that's about it, dude. Yep, I agree. And I mean, New England, like you're, you really don't want to play a single player. Ezekiel Elliott's still probably a top 25, 30 running back, even with yeah, the tough Yeah, top matchup. 30 is probably uh, hard to argue with. Yeah, so he's going to be in play. And outside of that, I mean, I'm looking at the Denver defense, man. That's that's the streamer defense I picked up a week ago. Yeah, I agree. We've got three Christmas Day games, man. And what a better end to the Christmas holiday than three great NFL games. A 1 p.m. Eastern, a 4.30 Eastern, and an 8.15 Eastern. We'll go in the order of the games in Las Vegas. At Kansas City, coming off their 63-point performance. Most points in franchise history, James. We don't know about Josh Jacobs, what his status is. I'm I'm pessimistic that we're going to see him again, especially with the contract that he wants to play for. Mm-hmm. If it's Amir White, we already talked about him. You know, if you'll use him as a volume guy, back-end RB2. But, I mean, outside of that, it's Devontae Adams. I, I don't even know if I can endorse Jacoby Myers. I mean, he's he's thrown for some touchdowns and ran for some touchdowns. But dude's getting four targets a game almost. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. And with the Chiefs, man, I get, let's see what that re- running back room looks like. Uh, but I think Rasheed Rice, man, he's in lineups, right? He's in lineups. Yeah, he's a top 20 receiver right now, I think. Yeah. Emma Holmes, I know it hasn't been what you hoped for when you went with him as one of the top quarterbacks, but there ain't no way you're benching him in week 16 or Travis Kelsey because of that draft capital. And, dude. Dan, I have two Mahomes teams, and let me tell you what I'm doing with those Mahomes teams, ignoring them because I'm not setting lineups because they're toast. Yeah. Well, I mean, the point is, if you're still alive with Mahomes and or Kelsey. You will play him, yes. There's no way you're going to sit him. And why would you do it here? Kelsey actually owns the Raiders. That said, I mean. The eyeball test doesn't lie. And James, as we know, father time is undefeated here. And I know a lot of people are talking about his relationship and all that. I don't really care. I'm just watching what I'm seeing on the field. And like Kelsey's good, but he's, I don't think he's great. I don't think he's great anymore. I think he's lost a step, dude. I thought it might've happened last season. This season is, is where it has happened. So, you know, people talk about where he went to college, Dan, he's starting to look like he's from Cleveland, where he's really from. (laughs) I will say that, uh, the big news on the Chiefs front, Sky Moore, injured reserve, out for the season. What a big blow that is, James, in the fantasy world. <laughs> I have him in two dynasty teams, and I'm like, I deep dynasty teams, and I'm not sure he's worth a roster spot. The middle game of the Christmas Day slate, Philadelphia and the Giants. Ten and a half point favor. We're going to get plenty of to- Tommy DeVito and his agent and all the fun stuff that goes along with it. And then, of course, you know, the Philly fans probably be throwing snowballs at Santa again, James. And if they don't, we'll see the clips of it like 15 times. Just no batteries inside the snowballs, people. Come on. Again, as we bring you this podcast, the Eagles have yet to play in Week 15, so I don't want to get too far into assumptions. But assuming they're fully healthy and good to go here, you're going to put them all out in this one. You're going to go Hurts. You're going to go Swift. You're going to go Goddard and Smith and Brown. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, I don't think that's really enough to be said. The question is, is 
What about Saquon Barkley? And what about the return of Darren Waller? Philadelphia has actually been getting shredded by tight ends all season. And Darren Waller was okay. So I guess he's a tight end one if you have him. I got him in my top 10. It's the back of the top 10. But, I mean, I do think in the matchup, I mean, he's in PPR league. I'm looking at a, a 10 points is a real possibility here. And if you survive with Barkley, you're playing him. Uh, the Eagles, you can throw against him a little bit. Now the question is, would you trust DeVito to be the guy throwing the ball? Maybe not as your quarterback, but would you trust any of those receivers? I mean, I guess you could make some dart plays at a Wandale or a Hyatt but or a Slayton. You know, it's like good luck picking it, though. Good luck picking it is right. And the Eagles, uh, I mean, the thing is, the Giants, the one thing that they do have against the Eagles, and you want to consider in your showdown slates, if active, Boston Scott, dude. Dude <laughs> scores all of his touchdowns versus the Giants. He is a he'll giant be like two, killer. He'll be like $200 on DraftKings. I'm just throwing it out there now. I'm putting it on tape. He's the Christmas Day savior for DFS cheap lineups there. Dawson right. Scott, a.k.a. David. Let's go to the game to wrap up the weekend. The last present under the tree. Potentially a Super Bowl preview. The two top seeds in each conference's meeting here. It's Baltimore versus San Francisco, otherwise known as the MVP Bowl. Because the quarterback that wins this will win because, well, that's what people think should happen. I don't know. Look, I don't know that it, it's the MVP bowl. You're right about that. But I don't know that it's just quarterback that's being looked at still. I know. We'll get to that as this season progresses. This is going to be a hell of a football game, Dan. And this is going to be one of those games that, look, I don't like the Ravens because I'm a Bengals fan. But I like watching the way they play football. Yes. And I like the way it the does Niners suck play football. They lost Keaton Mitchell because that, that's their home run hitter and their running game to make them – you know, a running game with that big playability. Because th- yeah. now it's just Lamar with the big playability. Sorry, Gus Edwards. You're great inside the five. And Justice Hill, I mean, you are what you are. It's a five-and-a-half point line now. The total over-unders at 46. Are you going over or are you going under? It's a good number. It's a good number. Uh, so you're thinking 27, 20, something in that range, you know, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd probably go over because I'm thinking like 27, 24. But I mean, clearly Purdy, McCaffrey, number. Debo, Kittle. I mean, you're going to roll them all out on the Baltimore side. I mean. You're playing Ayuk too. Ayuk. I mean, all the 49ers. Mm-hmm. On the Baltimore side, I mean, obviously the Mars in there. We don't know what's up at running back. What about wide receiver and tight end? Uh, Isaiah Likely, geez, is he a top 12? I mean, would I, you, I, yeah. Would you start is, Isaiah right? Likely or Darren Waller, we were just I, talking about? Isaiah Likely, because I, I I hate to use the pun of the name, but he's way more likely to finish the game, Dan. Yeah, and well, the thing is, is it does look like he's got the attention. San Fran, a tougher matchup, though, but uh, that would be interesting. And the receivers, I mean, Zay Flowers, Beckham, I, I mean – I won't be surprised to see him have games, but they both have such low floors. It's risky. And Bateman was just a, a fingertip away from a two-touchdown game last night. But I wouldn't start him in any league, any format yeah, at so all. I can't. I, I don't even think I'm going to be starting Odell as my wide receiver for in our dream league, dude. That like, nah. You just play Nelson Aguilar in showdown and yeah, you roll with it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I don't know. What's going to be great is there's going to be a lot of fantasy games laying in the balance because there's a lot of fantasy players on these two teams. Yeah, yeah, there is. It's going to be a fun Christmas day. Or it's going to be a maddening Christmas for some. (laughs) But either way, we're glad to have football as part of it. So, uh, Sorry, NBA, not this year. (laughs) 
James, any uh, final words of wisdom for the managers out there, the listeners still alive? Uh, you know, I do think there is a little bit of a, a thought process to maybe when you go to the waiver wire, looking if you just really don't think you need anything, looking and seeing what the now three other teams that are around, what they don't need, what they do need, um, and use that to your own advantage. I wouldn't overthink it, but I do think that like, that's something I would tell people don't do earlier in the year. Just worry about your team. It's getting down to the point where you can worry about your opponents too now. Yeah, definitely. Words of wisdom there. Other words of wisdom. Be sure to check us out on Saturday. We'll be getting you caught up on all the games and we'll have a lot more information and updates to talk about. It's Fantastics Insider Football, Sirius XM, Fantasy Sports Radio. That's Channel 87 and on the Sirius XM app. Of course, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We've only got a couple more episodes for this season, but won't be long. We'll be turning the page to 2024 as well. And of course, insiderfootball.com that is the website to get all of our tools to win and definitely help you in dfs too for james adams i'm dan claskins we wish you the very best of luck and a merry christmas and happy holidays from all of us here at fantastics we'll see you next time around right here on the fantastics insider football podcast the hell was that?